This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. Hello, this is Dan, one of your co-hosts, and we have a wonderful conversation on tap for you today. We'll be dealing with issues like forgiveness, encouragement, and lovingly rebuking someone. We hope it is a challenging and edifying time for you. We know it was for us. So let's get right to it. Enjoy. Well, hey there, and welcome back <laughs> to the Behold Podcast. Dramatic pause. Everybody there. Uh, you didn't hear it because we cut it out, but there is a dramatic pause before you started talking right there. Maybe I'll leave it in there. So who well, knows? There, there you go. Hey, we're, we're grateful you're here. Maybe you're in the car, driving to work. Maybe you're uh, cleaning the house, doing some errands. Maybe you're walking, you know. Whatever the case, we really truly are grateful that you have chosen to spend this little bit of time with us, digesting and chewing the cud of God's Word together here on the Behold Podcast. It's me and Dan, per the use. No surprises there. But That's today, right. we have quite the treat. A second time guest, I suppose. One other time he's come. We'll talk about that in just a second. Why we offended him. He didn't come back yet. But anyways, he's great. His name rhymes with Barry. He's very tall, very handsome. Rhymes with Mary. He, he is not scary. Yeah, you've you've seen him serving all over the church with young adults, with high school students. He helps keep our building at the crossing in tip-top shape. He also is uh, a gifted teacher. He's fresh off of a series going through the book of Joel. Wow. Where he, uh, he, he led a, a ragtag group of, of mighty men um, to bring us some insights from that amazing prophet. Please welcome, for the second time ever, to the studio, Larry Wagner. Thank you. Thank you. I am Larry. Thank you. for That was quite an introduction. Well, we, we feel like we owed it to you a little bit because we had you on. I see. I couldn't remember. it. We, we, we've done so many episodes by now, but we did have you on a long time ago. It was probably two and a half years ago. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I remember it being fantastic. I don't remember. <laughs> But uh, but for for whatever reason, I, and I, I I chalk it up to a clerical error on my part. But for whatever reason, we have not had you back yet until this very day. And personally, I'd like to extend my apologies for ghosting you for all those times. It was just merely an oversight. But we are so glad to have you back. How are you feeling today, Larry? Yeah, no apology needed. Okay, um, I'm feeling great. Good. I love the rain. Uh, it could get old if it was every day, but I love it because we don't get it that often. Here. The rain is beautiful, and yeah. it was coming down hard on my way over yeah. here. Yeah, it's been pouring. Like sideways. Crazy. And, hey, big shout-out to you, Larry, and to Adam Zero yeah. for getting up on top of the, the roof and laying some tar uh, and getting a little, you know, getting your hands dirty because we've had a leak on the stage at the crossing every time it rains. The wa water comes down from the middle screen on the, the projector screen. Really? And it dribbles down it right does. where we put our guitars. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. And it's been there for years. But this last weekend, Adam and Larry knocked it out. And that thing was bone dry. I'm, I, hey, big shout out to you guys. Yeah. I mean, Adam Zero, he's really the hero here. <laughs> he's a workhorse. I, I gave him gloves. He, he decided not to use them. <laughs> But by the end, he, he had mouth. He, he chewed the tar and spat it out. He, he had tar gloves at the end. His hands were completely covered in tar. <laughs> what a legend! And he was scrubbing them with acetone for if you ever a long time. Tar, that's pretty gnarly, actually. Yeah, that's amazing. Wow. But it sounds like it was all worth it. It was. It yeah. was. Our guitars will no longer be waterlogged. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be a good thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But Larry, are you are you encouraged? Like, is the Lord doing good work in your life? And and give us give us something cool that God's been teaching you this year, or, or you've been wrestling with. Like, yeah, something cool was certainly the the chance to talk with the formerly described ragtag team. <laughs> um, talking about Joel on Thursday nights at the gathering. Uh, super blessed by that group of guys and the time they took digging into that three chapter book. 
Um, so that was just really fun to hear their hearts, to see them all up there sharing. Some of them have never really spoken in front of people like that before, so, yeah. especially about something that serious and that important. Um, so it was a fun month doing that. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for leading that because it was really fruitful. And I was there each week and there was just, I mean, you could really tell that those guys had, had been really impacted by what they studied. And so obviously that's going to overflow and spill out and we're going to benefit from that. I really loved how, how much time you guys gave us to like just reflect and to practice some of the things, you know, whether it was repentance or just sitting and, and contemplating the kingdom and, and mm. just, there was some amazing stuff. So thanks for leading that group. It was, it was a cool way to start the year. Yeah, it was a good way. It was some hard stuff in there. A lot of repenting. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of looking back on um, turning your back on God. And what comes of that in your life? Swarms of, of lo lotus, locusts. Locusts, locus. along with many other horrible things that <laughs> yeah, you don't want. Exactly. And don't you just think that he wished in his life, as he was turning his back away from God, that some loving brother would get into his heart and rebuke him like no other. You know what I mean? Wow. I, I, that, that was basically Joel's job. Yeah. yeah. He was Mr. Rebuker. Yeah, 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 and, and and that's a perfect segue, Larry. Now that you bring that up, into what we're talking about today, which is love and rebuking and forgiveness, and really, as it is succinctly put, that we're disciples of a new family empowered to follow His kingdom ways. Interpret that, Dan. What does that mean? Yeah, well, it, it's all about relationship in the household of God. It's about opening ourselves up to each other in a way that, you know, a lot of times the word vulnerability is thrown around mm -hmm. and sometimes I don't, think, I don't think people understand really what it is, right? When you're, when you're being vulnerable with somebody else, you're opening yourself up for them to wound you. You're giving them the opportunity. You're letting them in, you know, so they can wreck shop basically, <laughs> basically, you know, you're making yourself, um, open to attack. And when you when that's done in the context of a loving Christian community where there's trust and there's mutual respect, then it allows us to become more like Christ because we're able to speak the truth to each other in love. You know, I, I think about Ephesians four mm. when Paul's talking about the body of Christ and, and unity in the body of Christ. And he he says, Look, the whole purpose of, of us existing together and following Jesus together is so that we as a body can build ourselves up in love. And we do that by speaking the truth in love. That's what Paul says in Ephesians 4. So I think when it comes to whether it's a rebuke or an encouragement, whether it, when it comes to forgiveness and reconciliation, being honest, having walking in the light, having real fellowship, it, it really it comes down to um, love. Amen. Yeah, and just to, I forgot to give the context. So just in case you missed on Sunday while we're talking about this, remember we're in the book of Luke, um, just last week we saw Jesus give that parable of the rich man and Lazarus and heaven and hell picture, right? Then right after that, Jesus is walking with his disciples and he gives them this warning. He's like, hey, don't be that guy who brings his brother into sin. Like that, there's nothing worse than that, right? He's kind of setting this picture of like how we're meant to start treating one another now. And then he gives this command in verse three, he says, if your brother sins, rebuke him. If he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in the day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. Hmm. And that's like such a simple sentence that Jesus says, but I imagine the disciples hearing this were like flabbergasted. Right. Right. Like, what do you mean? Like, sure, maybe I can get on board with the first part. I'll rebuke my brothers all day, right? <laughs> but then when he pairs just as, just as seriously with that, if your parents forgive the dude from from today until tomorrow and the next day, you keep forgiving him because that's what my way of life is about, right? And then we'll get into just a bit more about that in a second that Nate helped walk us through. But then after that, I love the picture where the disciples in responding to that, what do they say? They don't say like, oh, how do I do that? Or like, that sounds crazy, Jesus. They say the simple thing together, give us more faith. As if that's the key to living the way that he wants us to live. 
right? And then Jesus gives that beautiful picture about what faith can do in your life. So anyways, all to say, there's something Jesus is getting at about having faith to trust what he says about relationship and about a, a, a deeper and sweeter way of life with him and with one another than what the world has to offer, right? And in this section, that seems to be about this process of rebuking your brother, right? About forgiving he who repents. And so, yeah, Nate did a great job walking through some kind of specifics in that picture. He made a box called Forgiveness Basics, you know? Mm -hmm. He listed kind of six areas um, that you can think about or process through or utilize in that process. So, so Larry, I'm curious, as you were listening to Nate, what are some of the things that kind of started ringing your bells in this context of forgiveness and relationship? Well, first of all, so intimidating. <laughs> and like so many things Jesus asks us to do, you look at it and your first response is, that's impossible. <laughs> exactly. And the fact of the matter is that it is impossible hmm. for us, you know, without his empowering. And as Dan was talking, I was thinking about how the vulnerability is so contagious. Often, maybe just one person's vulnerability leads to somebody else being willing to share a little deeper, and it just kind of there's a snowball effect in that way. Hmm. Um, it doesn't always make it easy to hear those things or easy to ask for forgiveness, but um, I think it can become easier. And and what a beautiful picture to bring the the body, the family closer and closer and closer. Yeah. That's a great point, and it's there's a rhythm to it there that you have to you have to get into through practice, and it is totally contagious because when when somebody is brave enough to kind of take that first step towards maybe saying something that is awkward or uncomfortable, I mean both of these things a, a rebuke or or a for, to forgive somebody there's a certain level of risk involved. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And it's, and it's, there's a, there's a high probability of creating a mess or getting it wrong, you know? And so I think sometimes we just don't do it cause we're afraid or it's just, it's easier to just stuff it down, throw it aside, uh, make it somebody else's problem, <laughs> you know? And man, we really are called to just, to, to just try to work this stuff out through practice and it's something, you know, I shared on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, just something that I'm really, really feeling God's call on my life, you know, this year to, is to, to really develop these types of relationships where that type of honesty and vulnerability and forgiveness is, is, you know, experienced. I'm curious for you guys, what are some things that just on the practical side, as you guys have have practiced that or walked in that in various times in your life? I'm assuming you have. <laughs> what are some things that have been helpful just on the practical level? Like how do you get started developing this type of rhythm with the people that you call friends and you're in the body? Yeah. Well, I'll give you one silly little thing that like in the things. last six months I've been putting into practice and it's kind of really helped in some ways is, and it really, really what it comes down to is what you started to get at is, this whole process of rebuking, of forgiving, they're, they're not just, you know, like relationship one-on-one tools. It's not just here's Jesus's formula to have great friends, hmm. you know, or better friends than everyone else. This is a reflection and application of God's loving character. You know, God is a God who rebukes frequently, right? God is a God who forgives each of us every single day, yeah. right? And he does both of those things because that's what love commands. That's what godly, Jesus-like love commands, is that you do those two things when it's appropriate. Keyword when it's appropriate. You know, God doesn't rebuke people who don't need rebuking. He doesn't forgive those who are, who are walking perfectly, you know. But, but when it's appropriate, God does both those things. And so as his followers, we're called to that. You know, we're called to that level of relationship with one another where we are compelled and convicted to, to do those things as, as it's needed. And so with that in mind, one of the things that I've used a couple times in the last month or two in thinking about how to approach either one of those, either a forgiveness type conversation or a rebuking type conversation with a friend, this is going to sound so silly, but I've sat and before that conversation, I've prayed and thought, Lord, help me to, to speak to them like I speak to my daughter, Wendy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. 
And you parents out there, you'll probably know what I mean in that just like your friends, you know, your kids have an opportunity to hurt you in unique ways. Um, but I think, especially when your kids are younger, it's a lot less than when they're adults, you know? And so like when you look at your kids, especially when they're younger, they're, they're very innocent. And so there's just something about that. that, And obviously you love your kid above it all. You know what I mean? Like it's, that's a obvious blanket foundation of relationship with your children. You love your kids, period. And so when Wendy does something that's hurtful or unkind or whatever, it's immediately very clear to me and easy to me as I communicate with her to make it sure she knows that Wendy, I love you as your daddy, you know, and I'm telling you this because I want what's best for you because I want you to yada, 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 you know, it's, but that's not even a question for me to communicate in the way with her of just, I, I love you. And that's the basis for what I'm telling you right now. You have to go tell your mommy that you're sorry, you know, I love you. And, but you can't hit that person, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's just that, again, the foundation of that conversation is because I love my daughter in that same way. Just that little thought for me, cause I'm a practical person of just, Help me talk to my friend like it's Wendy has honestly helped me. And not like they're a kid and they're, you know, not. You're not talking down to them. Yeah. I'll talk it's more of like a, a heart that you're cultivating. Yeah, it's, towards it's, them. it's it's really for myself. It's not for them. It's God remind my heart that I'm approaching this because I love this person and I want what's best for them. I want what's best for my relationship with them, you know? And sometimes, which Larry, you had mentioned before, I mean, I'll let you go on it, but sometimes if that's your goal, then the most appropriate thing might be maybe I'm not the person to have this conversation right now with this guy. Maybe the the most loving thing might be maybe I need to just sit and pray for him and, and watch for a day and then speak into it. Whatever it is, there's so many varieties and variables there that, that we trust the Holy Spirit leads, right? That's so true. But the point yeah, is, yes. man, if we're, if we're praying over the situation and we really are approaching it from that foundation of I love this person mm-hmm. to my bones – then I think it really clarifies a lot of things and becomes so much simpler in that way. But anyway, those are my initial thoughts. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I think that's so good. It's just laying out there why you're doing what you're doing to start the interaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so totally. good. And I was also thinking there's a tiny bit off that topic, but um, Dan talking about practical things, I think you can act as your own primer too. You know, if I were to be meeting with, with Dan, um, I might say, you know, Dan, is there anything you've noticed in me mm. that you need to, mm. that you just feel like is off right now, either in our friendship, me and my walk with God that you need to tell me about right now? So I think we can prime it in that way too, to maybe help people be more comfortable. You in make it kind of easy on them. A little bit yeah, more. You, you sure. throw them a little lob, you know? Yeah. And yeah. then be like, don't take it easy on me. Like, (laughs) I guess it could go the opposite way of what Sean said is that, do you love me? Do you love me enough to tell me that I'm off course here, that I need to fix something? I'm so glad you said that because, um, you know, Dan and I were just talking about this yesterday. Like we both know people who I've, we've witnessed and just kind of seen the consequences of not being that kind of person who wants Mm. to welcome that input in his life, you know? that's one thing that I think maybe this is a good thing for all of us to think about is do I think that I'm someone who's approachable in that way? Do I welcome that type of love in my life? That's what it is, is love. Do I welcome brothers to love me enough to speak honestly and to put myself out there? Because it is, like Dan said in the beginning, like that's vulnerable, right? You're asking to get fired upon, right, in in ways. But again, if we're we're remembering that it's not firing on us, it's, it's them helping to sanctify us. And man, yeah. that's a beautiful process, right? Yeah, Proverbs 27, 6 says, Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. That's so good. Isn't that good? And so why are the wounds better? Well, think about <laughs> this is just how the world works. This is how God designed it to, to show us this reality is anytime you want to build something up, you have to tear it down first. You're a general contractor, Larry. Right. If you, if someone hires you to renovate their kitchen, what's the very first thing you do? Yeah, you start taking it's stuff demo, out. It's demo, baby. You tear it all down, right? And, and sometimes you have to tear down more than you initially think <laughs> exactly. once you get in there. Right. But you're doing it with the intention of building something beautiful in its place. Right. It's the same thing. Sean and I were just talking about about exercise and and building up our bodies. How do our muscles get stronger? And and how do our bodies get leaner? through like rigorous, like torture, <laughs> you're, you're, you're literally tearing your muscles apart. 
so that they can they can be rebuilt and stronger. So there's all kinds of things like this in the natural world that point to this reality that, I mean, even that other proverb that iron sharpens iron. Okay. We're like, Oh, that sounds really cool. Like, I love that. Well, what is happening when iron sharpening iron? Yeah, there's sparks it's flying there. heat and noise and colliding and just all types of violence. You know what I mean? But it's like, it's for, it's for a great purpose. And so I think, yeah, the, the motivation for sure has to be love, but I also think that there's, you know, I've been reading this book that is just so I can't recommend more. It's called made for people. It's why we drift into loneliness and how to fight for a life of friendship. It's by this guy named Justin Whitmill Early. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Nailed it. Okay. <laughs> but it's been really, really good. And he has all of this really practical stuff about exactly what we're talking about. Honesty, vulnerability, how to speak the truth in love, how to walk in forgiveness, how to develop what he calls covenant friendships. And... One of the things that I took a photo of last night when I was reading, and I want to share with you, is he gives some cool examples of just ways that you can, like you said, primer, ways that we can kind of get the conversation started. Tell me what you guys think about this. So, yeah. so if we're, so he, he gives actually two different sides, which is, it's, it's very, it's interesting because in this passage, Jesus is talking about rebuking and forgiving. He talks about rebuking and encouragement too, and how sometimes they can be equally as awkward or, or, or equally as uncomfortable or messy. We don't know how to get started. Yeah. And so I think I'll just read these ones and see what you guys think. But that's really good. Cause I think it, it is easier to rebuke somebody if you have also encouraged them. Like if you're just as willing to encourage them as you are to rebuke them, their ears are going to be yeah. more in tune to what so you have. Yeah. You're more trustworthy or, or whatever. But so I'll, I'll just read these, and so I want you guys to picture you guys in the studio, and you and you beholders listening at home. Like, how how would you receive this if a trusted friend like brought these to you, right? Let's role play it. Yeah, exactly. So so he he says in his book, sometimes this kind of conversation that we're talking can be about can be so foreign to our modern tongues that we don't even know where to start. Here are some examples to start. Okay, so this is for the loving rebuke. I would caution you to look out for. Dot, dot, dot. I have noticed, Larry, you keep saying dot, dot, dot. Be careful, Sean, my friend, because dot, dot, dot. I think you may be missing dot, dot, dot. This doesn't sound like you at your best, Dan. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> there, I snuck it in. You're in the mix. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What do you guys think? So I'll pause there before I do the encouragement. What do you guys think about those? Like cheesy, good, helpful, not what? I like them. Yeah. I my natural when you when you heard when you read those, I thought to myself, yeah, I've said things like that, but normally I think that I my natural tendency is to tie that with a question. Mm. Like, hey, I've I've noticed you've been saying this a lot. Can you, what's going on? Can you tell me more about that? That's so good. Because yes. I like the listening stage of that. Yeah. Like he just just. Get started and let him talk instead yeah. of like berating and like, why aren't you, you know what I mean? And sometimes they'll probably talk anyway, yeah, exactly. even if you don't ask the question. Exactly. But but the question really, really communicates that you're what you're ready to listen. Hey, tell me what's I'm not I'm not attacking you. I want to hear what you have to say about yep. this thing that I've noticed. Yeah, it really softens the blow. For sure. It's a lot different than me saying, Dan. What are you doing? Yeah, exactly. Hey, you're like being an idiot. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> On a scale of one to ten, how much of an idiot are you? <laughs> In love, though. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And and also, I think, um, you know, getting getting some clarity. Like, hey, am I right here? Like, have I did I hear you say this, or did I observe this correctly? Or maybe you can straighten me out. Maybe yeah. that's that's not the case. Well, you know, and you know what is underneath, like, there's an undercurrent to what you guys are saying right now. I think, and it's humility. Yeah. Right, because there's a there's a a posture in that type of communication, that question that says, Hey, I could be wrong. And that that's humility. And I think a lot of times we maybe we get into trouble because we come in guns mm-hmm. a blazing pretty high, we're coming in hot. Yeah. Thinking we fully understand what's going on, but but really we we could be 
just maybe missing some perspective or or in error yeah you know so then instead of breaking down the walls we're maybe building them up a little bit yeah yeah i mean we all i'm sure we've all been in these situations where something comes up and maybe it even starts like that and maybe the person came at you with humility but you weren't ready for it and you responded in pride i've done that Mm -hmm. plenty of times and all of a sudden it becomes a, a battle you know all of a sudden it becomes a debate or who's right who's wrong in the situation you know and it's like this person's talking to you and while they're talking you're just thinking about how you're going to like rebut what they're saying to you yeah. you know you're not really listening yeah you're just you just you just want to win the discussion and so to me it's like i think the humility thing is so key on both parties yeah. it, it, you got to be humble as the the loving friend but then you it takes humility on the receiver you know and you mentioned Ephesians 4 it reminds me of the beginning of that of just how what's the manner we got to walk in you know, with one another. It's with humility and gentleness and patience. Eager bear, to maintain the bonds of peace. Bearing in love to maintain the bonds yeah. of peace and unity. And it's like such a no-brainer. But then when it's actually happening, hmm. because we're little sinners, <laughs> we're so quick, Satan's so quick to, to, to prompt that reaction of pride or hmm. rejection or defensiveness, whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, no, I, th- I think humility and just that, that gentle way of approaching is, is so key to these kinds of things. Should I read the encouragement ones too? Yeah. Sure. And you know what's interesting too? I don't know if this is like manipulative or whatever, but sometimes if you have to do a rebuke, why not also bring something that you've been encouraged by? Because if, if if it's a friend that you are have been living in community with, chances are you've observed some good things that are happening in their life too. And why not why not start lead with that? I mean, is that yeah. is that manipulative? Or you guys think that's good? No, what about leading with an encouragement and then and then I getting mean, to the rebuke? If it's, if it's truthful, genuine, if it's yeah. genuine, yeah, yeah, great. Actually, it's funny you mention that because that's like um, if I'm ever meeting with someone for whatever, like discipleship, mentorship, all that kind of stuff. I have a thing I say in my head at the beginning of the meeting, and it's 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 the word MEPS, M-E-P-S, okay. and then Green Bay. It's just funny because you're oh, that's guy. cool. But it's because GB, and what that means in my head is like whenever I meet with someone, these are the things I want to ask them right away: is yeah. how are you doing mentally, mm-hmm. emotionally? physically and spiritually cool and then as your friend like let's talk about some of the good and the bad yeah, in each other not just you but like yeah. both both what have totally. you seen this week you know um, i like that which i think is a good way to just like starting with the check-in is a great way to make sure they know like i love you man how are you doing yeah mm-hmm. you know and like you said start with the good hey i just want to let you know you really encouraged me by that and also i this kind of bummed me out can we talk about that <laughs> you know um which it, when we say it like that i think very few people will be offended by what i just said but then it's so easy when you're in those moments as a friend to not say it as tactfully and be like, yeah. hey, man, what the heck? You know, yeah. and just it goes off the well, rails like, quickly. You know, and, and sometimes I feel like the rebukes maybe come in the heat of the moment. Like when we just notice something and it offended us or it it disturbed us or or we're just like, you know, really bothered by it. Yeah. And so we're not waiting for the right environment where we could do all of those MEPS GB stuff, right? MEPS Green Bay. Do you know what I mean? Like, because yeah. because that's a that's a great. Yeah. So sometimes we have to just like say like Jason Moog did this to me last year. He he was watching me for a while and he noticed something that was off in my in my character, and he was just like, okay, let me make a note of that. Let me pray about it. Let me just continue to see if it if it if it's a developing pattern, and. You know, he's like he gave he gave me and the Holy Spirit a chance to work yeah. it out on our own. And then he's like, Dan, you like football too much. Yeah, and then, they, no, and then and then he observed me over time. He's like, you know what? This is not getting better. Like this is this thing is continuing on. And so he he pulled me aside and and he said, Look, I've been thinking, I've been praying. I really feel prompted by the Holy Spirit to like bring this to your attention. I'm not going to bring it to you right now and blindside you. Can we get together in a couple of days for coffee and I'll, I'll kind of walk you through what, what I'm thinking. And it was it was awesome. Like you, know, you probably felt loving. I've, it felt super loving. It was hard. It was definitely a wound from a faithful friend. It was a wound, but but it it like it wounded me so that I could be healed. And and now you know I'm not perfect, but I'm like there's been major growth and breakthrough in this area. You know. So anyway, so all right, here's the encouragement. See what you guys think. Evaluate these for their cheesiness or helpfulness or whatever. Okay. <laughs> And then if you don't like him, it's not my fault. It's the other. It's the Mickle, <laughs> Mickle, Mickle uh, eerily guy. Okay. I'm always so impressed that you dot, dot, dot. I'm inspired by the way you dot, dot, dot. You're so good at blank. I see the Lord working in you 
in these areas, Larry. You did so well when you dot dot dot, Sean. What do you think? I mean, it seems it's like seems it seems kind of like almost like well, duh, like. But yeah. well, it shouldn't seem people it, don't do these things. Yeah, it you shouldn't know? seem as cheesy as it does, you know, which is kind of like an indicator of our brokenness <laughs> as a society, right. especially us men. Like us men in America, we are terrible about expressing ourselves in these ways. Mm. You know, yeah. we're just we're 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 not good at it, and when we do, it feels unnatural or it can feel natural. So yeah, I think all those are great. I think it just points to like. That that should be the norm of language between brothers in Christ, right? Just constantly, like we're we're quick to offer praise. You know, like we talked about earlier in Luke about being being per, being persistent in outdoing one another in praise and honor. You know, and yet because just our everything, it's just so hard sometimes to open up in that way, and it feels vulnerable to just say, "Larry, you inspire me." You know, it shouldn't be vulnerable. That's a, that's a normal <laughs> right. loving thing, right? And yet it feels just so foreign in the context of, of our setting. But no, I loved all those. Yeah. yeah. Great. Something that Emily, for a while, she had written on one of like our little whiteboards in, in our room. It's, uh, I don't know if she stole it from someone else, but I'll give her credit for How now. many whiteboards do you have in your room? Uh, this, I don't know. You said <laughs> one of the whiteboards. Dude, there's, we got so. whiteboards all over the place. Okay. But it said, if you think something nice, say it out loud. Right? How many times do we notice something that's, that's positive and encouraging and, and, and like, Caleb. exactly. <laughs> Dang it, dude. I knew, I knew. Okay. But how often do we, do we think something, but then we never, we never, for whatever reason, maybe it's, it's awkward. It's, we're too busy. It's inconvenient. It's just, ah, eh, we forget whatever, but to just go and, and say that, I think that's a beautiful thing. And somehow it's connected to this whole thing of, rebuking and forgiving. I think it's in there, right? It's the, it's the same kind of flavor of dynamics in a relationship, you know? Yeah, no, that's huge. And that's actually something I've been working on recently because, um, I mean, you know me for a long time. I am someone, probably because of my upbringing and whatnot, that I don't need a lot of, like, pats on the back in general. And so I don't expect that you do too, which mm-hmm. to a degree that's fair, but then to a degree it's, like, unloving then because I think those things all the time, you know? I don't verbalize them naturally. I have to like work to do that. Um, but then lately, I read this book called Multipliers by Liz Whitman, I think is her name. If, Anyways, if you're like a business person, you're a manager or whatever, really amazing book about cultivating followers and teams and just cultural and all that kind of stuff. But the point is like there's two kinds of people who lead in the world. There's diminishers and there's multipliers. And diminishers don't often seek to be diminishers. That's just like how they are is like they lean on their own expertise and knowledge and they delegate and they execute, but they're not really multiplying. Like they're, they're utilizing talent, but they're not really raising up and multiplying themselves in, in in exaggerated ways, you know. But so key to that is being that kind of person. Yeah, you're just firing off left and right. People when they when they are with you, they feel enabled and lifted up. Like they feel like they're their best version of themselves when they're working with you. You that's know, cool. and that's such a big part of it. And you know, I was reading that in the context of work, but still, and in the context of friendship, it's the same thing of like. I want to be that kind of a friend when people feel like they're their best versions, most uplifted versions of Larry when they're in the room with me, you know, versus like, oh, Sean, you know? Yeah. I'm sure you've never said that before, but you know what I mean? You know what I'm getting at. Another way to think about it, I've been thinking about a lot too, is there, there's two kinds of people in the world. There's a, there's fountains and then there's, there's drains, right? Which one are you? Like when people are around you, do they feel refreshed and, and encouraged or when people are around you, do they feel like just the air gets sucked out of the room and, and it's just like you're hard to be around? And, and obviously, we, um, we all go through stuff and challenges and we, we need emotional help and support when we're, when we're going through a, a season of suffering and grief or loss or we're feeling doubt or trouble or whatever. And we need, we need those fountains to, to, to help us in those times, but... Just, I think, in general, are you characterized, you know, as a fountain or, or a drain? I think it's a good way to think about it. Yeah. Let's move, let's move to, the, to the forgiveness side of the coin. And, you know, one thing, that, one thing that Nate challenged us with is to, as he was going through those six basics of forgiveness that we see from Jesus' teachings and from, from elsewhere in the New Testament— he was just challenging us. Hey, what jumps off the page to you? What what seems maybe either 
really, really difficult or really, really important and significant. And Larry, I love the way your, you know, your brain works. You, you just, you think so creatively and you process things and, and, and organize them in ways that I find super beneficial. So I know as you were, as Nate was going through that, you jotted some things down. Do you want to, do you want to kind of open up that beautiful box of, of awesome? I mean, <laughs> is that too to much? Me, of- I, I just, um, there were a lot of words here. Yeah. 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 And so I just kind of simplified and personalized, I think, what was in here. And I just asked myself questions. That's cool. Um, so like first, the first so like the first point, like Nate said, the primary jurisdiction for addressing sin is in the context of your local church. And you wrote And I just wrote, Is it my place? Cool. Is it my Break place to a- approach this person right now? Um it, yeah, is it is it a believer? Am I in a place where I can approach them, or am I holding on to some anger or bitterness where I'm not going to be able to approach them? Is it maybe somebody else is better equipped at this time? Hmm. Um, but even before that, I had, have I been prayerful? Hmm. Like, have I prayed about this, even if it's a quick prayer? Um, and I think all these things, right, are in the sphere of prayer. Like, totally. prayer has to surround all these, all these different steps and ideas in this box, so yeah, I, I just wrote down, is it my place? And then I wrote down, is it my problem? Mm. Like, am I projecting something onto this person that maybe I have a problem with myself? I mean, we're so good at seeing mm-hmm. flaws in other people that we actually have in ourselves. Yeah, so this was taken from Luke six forty two, which Jesus is like, hey, basically... You're so consumed with the speck in your brother's eye, you can't see the the two by four in yeah. your in your own eye, and so the idea is start with personal evaluation and and personal repentance, and I, I think that's that's so 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 important because it's it is easier for us to to <laughs> point out the flaws in in other people. Yeah, right, right Sean. Yeah, well, and also. <laughs> that was not. Yes, I'm. Was yes, not, I'm very good at doing that, Dan. Uh, do we need some forgiveness here? No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Do <laughs> I need forgiveness? No, no, I love you. I love okay. You. Uh, <laughs> strange. Um, yeah, you know, and I think like one of the things that um, as we're thinking about that process of like, have I confessed and repented before God first? Also, have you confessed and repented to this friend first? You know. Like as we're running through those like role playing scenarios, I think it's also very unifying and disarming to say, if it's honest, like, hey, I just want to let you know, I think I hurt you in that way, and I'm sorry I did that, you know. Mm. And I also want to let you know some ways that you may have hurt me, and just make sure that you're aware of that, you know. Because um, again, I think that just it, it keeps pointing back to just that foundation of I love you, man, and I just want what's best for us. Yeah, that's so, so good. So confession for God and the person. Well, because it normally yeah. takes two to tango, right? Usually, yeah. if if there's if there's beef between you and somebody else, I mean, it's very rare that you're completely innocent, <laughs> right? I mean, is that or is that just me? No, I think <laughs> that's how relationships work. <laughs> okay, good. For you. Yeah. Okay. Right? There's always there, the if it's me and Dan, there's always there's always um, um, three sides to the story, right? There's Dan's side, there's my side, and then there's the truth. Mm. So that there's always. <laughs> So yes, after have I been prayerful? Is it my place? Is it my problem? Then the next two I kind of combined, but um, what is my purpose and what is my posture mm. in in approaching this person? Like is my is my purpose restoration, freedom, to point them closer to Jesus, to draw them into you know to heal our relationship, and what's my posture? Is it humble? Am I gentle? Am I loving? Do I really, really want what is the very best for this person? And that's always more of Jesus. That's always peace. That's always um, healing um, in all our relationships. Hmm. Well, and and isn't isn't our Father in heaven the, the perfect inspiration for this? Nate said on Sunday, and he said multiple times, I love it, that God's, I think Nate said this, I don't know, <laughs> but uh, sorry if I'm misquoting this, but God's default 
position towards humanity is compassion, you know, and he yeah. feels other things too. You know, he feels anger and he feels grief and, and all that, but his primary emotion towards us, especially us as his children is, is compassion. Mm -hmm. And so when we are dealing with conflict with each other, where forgiveness needs to be extended in some of the passages that Nate gave us, Galatians 6, 1, where we see gentleness, right? As we restore each other, we, we also keep a watch on ourselves so that we don't get sucked into the same thing. Yeah. And then first Corinthians three, 13, seven, just, we see the long suffering nature of agape love that love endures all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things that it bears all things, right? This, this just incredible <laughs> picture of how God treats us hmm. and that's how we want to, you know, treat each other. Obviously easier said than done, right? <laughs> Always. <laughs> True. True. Yeah. So keep going there. You're on a moving roll. Moving on. Yeah. yeah. Keep going. So on the backside, uh, yeah, points five and six, I just wrote, um, can I press on in patience and peace? And this is when Nate was talking about um, the other person's um, reaction to you might not be what you expected, hmm. or they might not forgive you, or they might not acknowledge whatever you're rebuking them for. And I, am I able to press on and be patient, knowing how patient the Lord has been with me? And can I have peace that I've followed the Spirit, I've been prayerful, I've done what I thought God called me to do, and now it's really it's up to Him. It's wow. up to God to work in this person's heart. Because I know I've been on the other side of that. Mm -hmm. People have come to me with rebukes, and I got defensive, or I left thinking there's no way. You know, they're seeing it wrong. Mm -hmm. they, don't, they don't get it. They don't know me, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and and later on, God just revealed, like, now, now you need to not only repent to me of what you were, you, you know, what had distanced you from me, but now you need to go ask forgiveness because of the way that you reacted to their loving rebuke of you. Mm. So I've made the problem worse. Yeah. Well, wow. you're, you're the only one who's ever done that, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, man. can I press on in patience and peace and then last... I just wrote, is this a priority? Hmm. Is this a priority in my life, in my friendships, to, to help them be better, to help yeah. them do better? And, 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 and the door goes both ways, right? For, so yeah. then, for them to help you be better, too. Totally. Right? Yeah. Man, that's so good, Larry. And what do you guys think? I want to I pick your brain. It's kind of another practical question, but... Do you think the word, so when we're, when we're asking for forgiveness or we're extending forgiveness, whatever side we're on, how important do you think the words, I forgive you, are? It ebbs and flows. Um, you know, like, I think, well, I think it's important that, that the clear expression is given. Mm -hmm. mm. That I am giving you my forgiveness. Right. You know, I don't necessarily care if it's the, that specific phrase or not, but I think it's important that it's not just, uh, I hear you voice whatever it is, and then it's just, okay, thanks for sharing that, you know? Yeah. Or, or, or like, or sometimes it's like, it's fine, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Is, that, is that forgiveness? Well, the way you said that, no. <laughs> Your countenance <laughs> you know says I mean? no. Again, it's like if you said, like, hey, it's fine. I love you. I'm grateful you shared that. You yeah. Know? That's yeah, different, yeah. you know. Yeah. We're good. Like, it's fine. We're good. Like, you know. Yeah. Or, totally. like, you know, you, you bring up, um, which I think that on that point, like, you bring up Jason Moog earlier. He does it a lot. Mm -hmm. you know, like, as he's in the middle of that stuff, he's still, but, 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 but hey, like, are we good? Mm -hmm. Are we good? You know, I know we're still wrestling through this, but, like, are we good? You mm -hmm. know? Um, but anyways, to answer your question, yeah, I mean, I think it's the best, it's the easiest. Mm -hmm. Say, hey, thanks for sharing that. I forgive you. I want you yeah. to know that. Um, yeah. I just think there's something powerful to it. I don't know. What, am I, what do you think, Larry? It, it, I think it's super powerful. Yeah. Um, probably a year ago, um, I had asked somebody for forgiveness, and it was one of those situations where I approached them. Right. And I said, hey, I need to talk to you about something. I need to ask you forgiveness for this and that. And they had no idea. 
Like they didn't even know this was going on in my heart. Interesting. Okay. And, yeah, and he's like, and he just reacted like you did. Like, oh no, like we're good. Like no problem. I didn't <laughs> right. even know this was a thing. And I, and I had to say again, like, but, but this is a thing. And I need your forgiveness because I was holding this against you. Mm-hmm. That's really Which cool, yeah. you just said it. I think that that's so important that what you just said is you didn't just say, hey, I've been feeling this way. I'm sorry. You said either, I, I'm, will you give me your forgiveness? I need your forgiveness. Yeah, or, or I need I need your forgiveness. Yeah, yeah. Because like, sometimes they need the help in that way. Or, or it's just a loving thing to do. Is just ask them, hey, I'm humbling myself asking for you to forgive me. Yeah. yeah. I guess I guess my, my thing is like, not all apologies are created equal. Sure. Right? I could say... Well, I'm I'm sorry you feel that way, or I'm sorry I hurt your feelings, or blah blah blah, blah you know, <laughs> as opposed to saying no, I'm really sorry. Like I I sinned against you, I held this thing in my heart, or I I was unkind, or I, I said that harsh word and I shouldn't have done that. Can you please forgive me? And then same thing on the other end. Not all forgiveness words that are forgiveness oriented are created equal, right? You know, and and I think again, this is something we have to we have to practice. And sometimes there's just so many walls that are up. And, you know, I also just feel compelled to say that there's so much nuance to this forgiveness thing that we're, we haven't covered, right? I mean, there's, there's people that are victims of abuse or have been wounded in really, really severe and, and life-threatening ways where we understand that this forgiveness thing is, is it, it's a lot more, in those situations, it's a lot more complicated in there's a lot more things to factor in. So I don't want to over-trivialize this thing. And then sometimes in those cases or for, for, for a variety of other reasons, forgiveness, we can release forgiveness to somebody even if we don't have any relationship with them. So if, let's say that there's someone who's really wounded you in your past and maybe they've, they've, they've died, right? Or, or maybe they're, they're not a safe person for you to be around or to have any you know, contact with. Can you still forgive that person? I think you can, right? You can. Yeah. So there's a difference between reconciliation and forgiveness, right? And so sometimes, and and sometimes I don't know if if this is crazy, for, but sometimes we we need to practice forgiving each other without saying anything, right? Like that was one of the things you said, Larry, of like, is it my place, right? Or is it is it the right time? Like, this is something that's been super helpful for me is when I when I feel wounded or offended. I try first to to just bring it to the Lord and just ask him, hey, is this because I think part of that language, like from Ephesians four mm-hmm. or from from first Corinthians 13, the whole idea of like bearing with one another I've, or letting grace cover a multitude of sins. I think sometimes there's there's many things we're going to be offended by or hurt in some way. And we can just give it to the Lord and just let it go and just and just. For, extend forgiveness to that person and they may never have to know, you know? So I always, always yeah. give the Lord the opportunity to do that work in my heart first. And then he, sometimes he just, he heals me and I'm, and I'm like, I'm back to treating that person the same way. And there's no funk or anything. Other times I, I give it to the Lord and I, we can't work through it. And, and the Lord's like prompting me, go talk to that person. Yeah. Well, I think it depends on the nature of the hurt. You know, like sometimes that process you just described, sometimes that's revealing faults in our own hearts and characters. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I was hurt, but that's really my problem. It's not mm. them, you know. But if it is their problem, you know, like this text right oh, now. Oh, then we miss says, an opportunity. You're right. Yeah, the yeah. Jesus says, if he repents, you forgive him. Yeah. You know, and like, I, I don't really like Nate's wording. One of his points, he said. <laughs> We're for, calling for, him out. No, I'll call him out. I'd tell yeah. him this to him face. He <laughs> said, forgiveness can't be given without repentance but hope is love's waiting posture. Mm-hmm. I don't like that sentence because in one sense, what he's talking about of the type of forgiveness that's meant to better someone mm-hmm. that I agree with that. Like, yes. Yeah. That's it's parts. It's, it's a stage process. You know, well, it's like, or like it's the Galatians six one. It's a restoring you who are spiritual restore the person. Exactly. Who, right. So that's yeah. the, it's a that, certain type of forgiveness that, that requires, that requires yeah. repentance, you know, yeah. but, um, me, me not allowing, which is again verse one of this text is around this point. Me not allowing your sin to to rob my ability to glorify God in my life, 
whatever it is in attitude in countenance whatever that's a me thing mm-hmm. you know that's not me releasing you from what you damaged or hurt mm-hmm. or your sin but that's in my heart so like those people who have been hurt by someone or abused or whatever and you hear those stories and like going into court and saying i forgive you you know what i mean yeah if the murderer didn't repent that's a different kind of forgiveness. That's that's them being able to to exemplify God's grace, mm-hmm. and that's really really important. Yeah, that's super important because that's what it is. Is like if you if you in your heart don't do that process immediately, then you're allowing that one little sin moment to continue dictating your heart and your attitude, mm-hmm. and that's just that's a that's an unnecessary victory for Satan. Well, know? let me ask you a clarifying question then. So so then, but does that also mean that we? We point out every sin that we see in our brother's life, or are there some things that we leave to the Holy Spirit to point out well, and think, just and just bear? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, sorry, what you I didn't cut you off. But Larry said yeah. earlier, "Is it my place? Is it yeah. is this me right now?" Because I hope and pray for all of us that there's some things that are going to be revealed to our friends. Mm-hmm. There's something that I know Emily is going to call out in your life. Yeah, yeah. There's some things that I trust the Holy Spirit is going to do in your heart. You know. Mm-hmm. So I like what you described with Jason earlier of like, he saw some things, he didn't just come at you, but he just watched. And eventually when he was like, oh, this is a pattern and it's not getting better. Now I feel convicted to speak in this person's life. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of two things. One is like on a brother level, like if you offend me in a conversation or you hurt me, you're hurtful, then I want to tell you about that. I want to be able to like, just forgive you quickly in that process. Um, But if you have a habit of then hurting people over months and months, then it's like, now we got to talk about how you're going to grow in this area. Because it's for your yeah. benefit. It's, for your it's, benefit. It's the sharpening for of your benefit. Yeah, yeah, two different things. Yeah, it's great. So good. That I helps. This has come up in other um, areas of my life recently too, and I think often we we don't let our imaginations go far enough. Like, this is what I mean. If I rebuke Dan, what? let my imagination go to what could happen. Hmm. You know, if I'm loving him and it's my place and my posture is right and all that other stuff, what could happen down the road? If I don't rebuke Dan hmm. because I'm uncomfortable with it or I'm too angry at him or whatever it is, <laughs> yeah. w- where does my imagination go? What might Dan, where might he go if He's nobody says anything to Dan? <laughs> and And... Yeah. No, no, it's good it, to spin it forward and and just see because then then you see the heart of God in spin that. Spin it forward. Yeah. I've never heard of that. Look, that's look amazing. It. Do you like that? Yeah. I like it. Because because that that's that's being I think an imitator of God. It's 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 asking him to give you eyes to see what he sees. He he doesn't just like he loves us like he knows us completely but loves us anyway. But he, he also is like, I love you so much that I, I'm not going to just leave you where you are. I want to I wanna put the life of my son in you yeah. and, and mold you into his image. Mm. And uh, that you can't get there without <laughs> rebuke. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Well, it's like, it's like I tell young couples who are going to get married, you know, and they're asking questions about marriage. I always talk about that word sanctification, you know, because like, we love talking about that. We love talking about how getting married is like very sanctifying for both mm-hmm. of you and it'll help you become more like Jesus. And that's very true, you know, but oftentimes we, we say that part and then we don't like dig into the mechanics of how that works, mm-hmm. which in reality, sanctification means your spouse is revealing every little thing that's wrong with you, <laughs> every way in which you're not like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you're meant to go. So like, and that's obviously it's like, that's a really simplified description and it's beautiful and we love it and all that kind of stuff. But still it's like, it's the same thing with friendship. I want to be sanctifying friends to each other. And that means we're going to dig in, but just like marriage, and this is probably my last thought today as this conversation, just like, my, just like my marriage, if I look at the the pie chart of my time spent in my marriage or energy or focus or conversations, and it's 95% that brutal sanctification of pointing out faults back and forth, something is wrong with that relationship. You know, if as your friend, every time we hang out and talk, it it ends up being that rebuking thing and forgiving thing, something is wrong here, right? I look at the example of Jesus who, yeah, he taught a lot. He rebuked a lot. He also spent so much time with people he loved. 
He just for no other reason than just to be together, to be brothers with his his followers, to 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 be a loving person to that whoever it is, you know. And mm. so I just I had this whole conversation in its proper place in the context of your friendships and your relationships. You know, are you laying that again, going back to the beginning, are you laying that foundation of just love and being a brother and sister in Christ and support? And if you are, then yeah, this is all really good, but it has to be in that in proper proportions, you know, and especially now because we're so transactional with our, t- with our time. Mm. We're all trying to like fit in as much as we can in our calendars. And it's like, oh, I'll give you that one hour lunch slot. And so then if you have a burden on your heart, you just have to put it in that one slot in the week, whatever it is. But no, man, if you want to really have this type of depth of relationships that we've talked about recently, Dan, is like, you got to make time. You just got to give that person your time. And time is the most valuable resource we have, right? For ourselves, for the kingdom, for what he wants to do. So being able to offer that time to someone in a way that is generous, that that is really above and beyond and caring, really, I think, sets that, again, foundation for the rest of these conversations we've been talking about. Yeah, and and that's such a beautiful portrait you just painted. And one thing that someone might be listening (laughs) could be thinking, that's just too idealistic. It's too impossible. How could I ever achieve that? And one of the things that helps me with that thought is it's (laughs) it doesn't have to be with everybody in the body. It doesn't have to be with all of your friends. You don't have to have this type of dynamic with everybody you know. Yeah. But you well, have you to can't. Ha- you you can't. <laughs> yeah. But you have to have it with somebody, right? Yeah. And so I think that's the other thing is like and Nate did talk about this. It's it's not like we're going on a witch hunt like looking out for who pointing out each other's sins and all and you know it, this this is a, a normal outgrowth of of a friend who sticks closer than a brother. There's this this type of friendship that we can have in the household of God. And again, it's, it's going to be with one or two trusted people or in a small group of, of, you know, brothers or sisters, <clears throat> or maybe it's a, a, you're a couple and it's another couple or something, right? Yeah. It's, um, so I just want to clarify that, like, you know, I'm not going around to everybody on Sunday morning and just like telling them how they're a bunch of sinners. You know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm looking for relationships with guys where that's just going to be part of the dynamic. Yeah. And and then I'm trusting that that other people are are cultivating that. And yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I I just want to thank you guys for having me on in this week in particular because I thought that Nate's message. It just really hit my heart mm. Mm. and just the opportunity that these things are for That's growth good. and to reflect Jesus even more fully. And if our whole church, if all however many people come here on a Sunday are doing this, I this would be a place shining so brightly yes. and people would be so transformed that I don't want it to feel like there's this heavy thing. Like we gotta, we gotta encourage, we gotta rebuke, we gotta <laughs> right. forgive. Like every day, but at some point it just becomes built in, and there's just so much beauty here. Wow, well that, that's a great place for us to end right there. And we can't thank you enough, Larry, for coming on the show. And here, here. and let's and I actually put you in the spreadsheet, buddy. So everybody, you can get used to hearing Larry's sultry tones on this podcast a lot more often. Lord willing. Lord willing, always. Hey, what are you boys doing for the Super Bowl? Anything fun? Um, no, I'll probably watch the game, at least off and on. Okay, okay. I'm not real invested. We all know I have a deep passion for the the treasure that is American football. Yes, <laughs> sports ball. It is close to my heart. Um, yes. So I'm going to be captivated by the game. It's, a, it's, a, it's not so much about the game. It's a, it's a cultural, it's an American cultural event. Okay, the Super Bowl. Um you guys got any expert picks for the game? Who's gonna Who's gonna win? What and score? Uh, who's playing the Giants? Oh <laughs> my! <laughs> I hope the Niners win, so all my friends can be happy. You know. Wow. Also, I'll be rooting for them in the game. Although, I do like because I don't you know follow sports a lot on my own, but I love hanging out with friends and watching games. But I always find myself just because it's more exciting, like rooting for the underdogs. Yes. Yeah. Even if it's against my like my friends' teams, I'm like I kind of want to win. So I don't really know. You can tell me. Yeah, Dan, tell us. Because actually I'm hanging out with you on the Super Bowl Sunday. So you can yeah. tell me at the game who is the underdogs, the Lions or the 49ers. <laughs> so the Lions <laughs> is the Chiefs or the 49ers. That's what I meant. That's yeah, close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the Padres? 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think as of now, I think the I think the the Niners are like three and a half point underdogs, something like that. Wow. Yeah. yeah so I mean, they did scare me that last game first half. Yeah. When it's like you know Patrick Mahomes, kind of the big bad wolf. You know, he's just you can't you can't find a way to you can't beat him. It's tough. It's tough out there. Yeah. So, but you know, I do I do say this in all sincerity. I I have no ill will towards the 49ers. I got nothing but love and respect. I appreciate you know what they do. I see your fingers crossed. And there is something to be said. Like if your team gets beat in the playoffs, there is some you know consolation. You want and the guys who beat you to be the winners. Exactly. You're like, we were beat by the best. It's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, of course we lost to the Niners. They won the whole thing, you know? So, and I and I did say it way back when, like I think week seven or something, I was like, dude, the Niners, they're going all the way. So I did say it. Wow, you said it. Hey, if you don't care about sports, then we humbly ask for your forgiveness. <laughs> That's yes. good. Love you guys. Have a great Sunday. See yeah. you all next week. I forgive you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.